Welcome to the Broker Growth Accelerator, where we discuss how real estate brokers can accelerate their growth by improving their agent recruiting and retention. I'm your host, Jim Turner, and today we'll discuss growth tactics with our special guest, who is a subject matter expert in the industry. Let's get started. Hi, my name is Jim Turner, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of BrokerKit, and I will be your host today. Today on the show, we're super excited to have Tia Lake, a very experienced vet in the real estate recruiting space. Tia, welcome to the Broker Growth Accelerator. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Well, maybe let's just start out with some background. Um, how long have you been in the business, and how did you get into real estate recruiting? Yeah. So I've been in the business since 2007. I thought it would be super fun to start my real estate career. And then the market crashed about three months later, um, which was excellent because then everyone that was just doing it for sales um, left because leads dried up. And then those that really built a successful business taught and saved me and, and I created a dynamic real estate career. Fast forward a few years, um, I moved to the Madison, Wisconsin area in 2018, and um, the recruiter that was currently in my office stepped aside for a different opportunity, and most of the agents that had just met me said, you know, Tia, I think you'd be pretty brilliant in this, in this recruiting bit. You always talk me off the ledge. You always inspire me, and I feel like you'd be great to get out into the public and talk to other people. So I was hired by Dan Cruz to be the uh, career development specialist in the Dane County market. So I helped the growth efforts in our five offices in the Dane County area. And I developed, you know, I was their support. And so I really didn't do the active recruiting. I met with those three managers in regards to crafting their recruiting efforts and how I could support them. So I, of course, um, was energetic to say, what about this and what about that? Um, and they each had their different strengths and differences, but um, we crafted some different things in the Dane County market that was, of course, all in person. And in March of 2020, uh, that all changed. And everything that I created in the Dane County market then had to be virtual. And some of the events and some of the um, recruiting spreadsheets and the uh, recruiting forms and different things that I had created, um, at that time, we had about 56 offices in the Wisconsin region. I had other managers reach out to me and say, hey, Tia, you know, I need your help with this. And what about this? And so I quickly uh, had another meeting with Dan Cruz and said, you know what, I would love to uh, be the director of growth for the Wisconsin region. So in, I believe, May of 2020, I started that role. And so I helped support 23 office managers with their growth efforts. So that's, that's a little bit of my bio. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, I was talking to Tia beforehand, and that's something I really want to delve in on, Mm -hmm. which is how do you motivate, you know, these these office managers to go out and recruit? It's something and especially as brokerages scale, um, it's something we hear a lot about people asking questions around how how do you motivate people? Um, When I look at kind of larger brokerages that are multi office, when you start getting over 10 offices, 20, you know, much bigger I guess there's varying levels of what's centralized versus de- decentralized in terms of recruiting in the real estate space. Obviously, recruiting is super important, but yes. as the brokerage gets bigger, the numbers get bigger, right? And you need to be- get much more systematized. Yes. Um, most lean towards the the bulk of the work happening at the office level, sometimes at the regional level a little bit, and usually kind of regional directors or VPs kind of coaching those people. And then sometimes some recruiting and maybe lead gen functions at corporate, but the bulk is usually at that local level. And the questions that we always get are, how do you get them to do it? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and we provide a system to help them do it, but the big question is, this sounds great, but like, how do I get them to actually do it? And so you're in, you're in an organization that is doing that. And so that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, I think our listeners would really benefit on what is working there. How do, how do you, how do you motivate these people to go out and and, and um, recruit? And what's the best way to go about that? Right. Well, I always promote uh, growth as think of your best agent in your office. Think of that person that gives you no trouble, that listens to everything you say, honors your time. And I want to help you clone that agent I want you to grow a culture that's dynamic, diverse, and helps you streamline what you have going. And most of them honor that. And each and every one of them come from a different background, different specialty. Almost all of them are active agents. So they know the agents that they don't really want to work with. And they know the agents that they really, really um, would love to have them join the office. So if you give them enough growth opportunities, is what I tell them, they succeed and um, the bulk of the recruiting is building their personal pipeline. And maybe let's talk about the the goals that you set there. I mean, at, at, at Century 21 Affiliated, I mean, you mentioned how many office managers, what else are they doing? And obviously, you know, there's if you work 40 hours a week, four hour, you know, for four weeks a year, that's 160 hours, but they're not spending it all on recruiting. No. You know, they're doing a lot of other things, which is often the challenge. Mm-hmm. How, what are the, are they given certain expectations on how much time they should spend certain mm-hmm. recruits? Like how, how are goals set around that to, to make sure everybody's kind of aligned on expectations? Well, for my smaller offices, um, community outreach is imperative. It, it will build their sales, but also make it known who those agents need to contact when they want to switch brokerages and or they want to be a part of the culture that this team leader or office manager has created. In the larger markets, like um, in our Sun Prairie, Wisconsin office, um, he more or less uses his real estate agents as mini recruiters. And so he kind of hires them to go out and spread the word about how they want to grow 
market share, how they want to grow their office and, um, and have a collaboration. It doesn't matter what market you're in. It's always better with more people. And so that, that has worked, um, really good. And so what, what do you think is a reasonable territory to give an office manager? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, cause you're essentially saying like, here's the people that I want you to get to build a relationship with, get to know, build a relationship, make sure they know, like, and trust you. So maybe it's not the right time now, but when it is, you're the person they call. Right. How many people is it reasonable to ask them to get to know and build that relationship with? Is it 500, a thousand, is it 200? Like what's, what's reasonable? Well, I know, you know, one of our offices has 37 um, active agents that he has picked out and he keeps in contact with and he keeps profile notes within his broker kit account so that he understands where they're at. He makes notes on their sales. He makes tasks for himself. So it's very, very personal. Um, and then we have another manager that um, is extremely active in the board. And so she has a pipeline of probably 400 people. Now she has labels within her broker kit account. So she has the warm, the hot, and the cold. And then she is able to isolate those agents and put a task in regards to sending them a notice, sending them an email or and or giving them a call. And so, um, you know, it, it's all about what they're comfortable with and encouraging them to build their pipeline to whatever they want, it, okay. you know, whatever, whatever they're comfortable with. And in our larger markets, I will say we do have um, some some of our um, recruiting um, partners are our administrators. And so those people help that manager create a bigger, more vast pipeline um, and then help them understand if that agent has an accepted offer um, to reach out to them and or we have um, a team leader assistant that also helps our team leaders. Okay. And maybe it would help our listeners to just understand kind of the scale of what's involved here. So you mentioned the managers, but how many agents do you have now and how many is the organization hiring on a given monthly or kind of annual basis? Um, We hire probably between 30 to 50 agents a month um, across the platform. We're in um, four states and we have probably, I'm I think we're hovering at 1,600 and we have 81 offices. So not quite what we would want, but I don't think there's too much movement right now, even across the country. It's We have a lot of um, newly licensed agents that we are hiring currently and new newer agents, you know, between the one to three year mark, we're, we're hiring those consistently. And, and why is that? Is that because it's easier to kind of poach them, so to speak, or mm-hmm. yeah, what's the reason there? Um, they're very movable. They right. haven't really developed their marketing and they have no qualms about leaving their current broker. 
Okay. Which then kind of takes me into my next question. And, and maybe it's different by region, maybe even by office, but what is that ideal agent profile? Um, what are the, what are the specific characteristics that seem like they're the best fit? And, and is it different from, you know, a year or two ago, like what's working now, like in terms of, you know, is it production? Is it the level of experience? Is it anything about their personality traits? Like what are, what do you think is best to, I mean, what are you looking for? I think it really depends on the office. Um, Like I said, each individual manager is so different. You know, we have... We have, we have managers that absolutely love newly licensed. And then we have managers that love that three to five million mark and they're super successful with that agent. Yeah, it's, it's, it really depends on the region. For me, um, within, within Realytics, we have profiles that we can, um, hit on. So you have the switch pattern, red and yellow. Those are my agents that I go after diligently, um, because, you know, they're marked to leave their current brokerage or, and or leave real estate if they don't talk to somebody and I'm going to be that somebody that they reach out to. Um, we also have, such vast training within our brokerage. We have an educational department. So the listing effectiveness grade really comes into play. So we also hit upon those agents. So within our broker kit accounts, we can name them as top candidates. And those are automatically a part of the pipeline. And those are the agents that we um, hire. Right. And how how are you finding the the switch pattern. Is it, are you finding it highly predictive of people that are really a good candidate to switch? Um, I think I, you know, ran a few reports and it's, it's probably 60 to 70% accurate. And so I always tell my managers, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, why wouldn't you want to approach yeah. an agent and have an honest conversation, whether it's a divorce or some change in their family? It's just a really great way to reach out to somebody. And sometimes they don't even know. But then once you open up a conversation, they're like, yeah, you know, I've been pretty stressed out. And I haven't felt that I've been supported in this way or that way. If you if you have a really great interview, you can you can understand where that switch pattern is. And it's all about artificial intelligence. I mean, you can't even keep up with it. Yeah, that's brilliant. So I love how you just gave a human. I mean, I know how it works technically, but you just gave kind of like the human angle on that makes total sense, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's oh, yeah. a brilliant. Your sales directly reflect what's going right. on in your personal life. Right. Yeah. No, that that and that's anybody that uses it gives them that extra edge, right? That mm-hmm. that others don't have. So Yeah, and sometimes the switch pattern, you need a personal approach, right? Because like I said, they might be in distress. So you need that personal connection, that personal conversation of how are you doing? And maybe it's not about training. Maybe it's not about um, what we have to offer. It's more about just connecting with that agent and asking them for a glass of wine or or just um, knowing that you're understanding where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned kind of realtics as a uh, you know, a data or a, effectively a recruiting lead source. What are some other 
um, sources of leads that you guys go after, whether they're both kind of inbound lead sources or, or outbound? How are you finding these kind of ideal agents? We primarily do use Realytics, but we, we do um, use Cobrooks as well. Those are absolutely the best leads. Um, and we do use Indeed. Indeed has been um, extremely successful. I've cornered that. Um, it took me a while, but we, we are really effective in the Indeed. And then we also use Facebook. So um, being out there for brand awareness, Facebook is definitely um, the cheapest way to have your brand. Okay, those are interesting. So let's maybe take one at a time. Um, where are you getting the Cobrokes? Are they coming from your transaction management system? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. And how are you going about that? Is somebody pulling a report like weekly or monthly or something, and then just following up with them? Like how how do you how do you manage uh, engaging the Cobrokes? Well, most of our managers have weekly, biweekly, or monthly meetings, and they ask each agent to give them one name for a great co-broke that they had or they have had um, in the past, uh, you know, and, and that's where they get the leads. And then, and then we just label them great co-broke and throw them in a co-broke um, campaign. Okay. And are you following up centrally or are they following up or is it some kind of combination? Yes, they're following up. Um, and there's, um, I built a 30 day campaign that's task only, and then a 60 day conversion task only campaign. And those have been hugely successful because obviously once you land the appointment, you don't want anything automated other than marketing materials sent to that agent. So those task driven campaigns have been really nice. Right. Okay, let's take Indeed next. So one of the things that I hear with folks that are using Indeed is, yeah. I mean, it essentially is works like a auction, almost like Google and Google Ads, where you get a certain amount of free traffic, mm -hmm. but you, in some cases, have to boost things and pay, to, I mean, because Indeed is a business. Um, and real estate agent roles tend to be considered lower quality because they're commission-only jobs, and therefore, mm -hmm you're more likely to have to post. And I can say within our company, if I'm looking for someone who's like an appointment setter, I almost have to always pay to boost yes. it or you won't get enough candidates. Whereas if it's somebody like customer support where you'll get a bazillion candidates, yep. you don't have to boost it. And, and, and so what I've heard is agent roles in particular is hard to get enough candidates without boosting and kind of paying for yes. the list for the position. So is that, how are you, how are you, getting the, the candidates? What are the hacks mm -hmm. there to get the candidates off Indeed? Yeah. So we've always paid for Indeed. And when I was just, you know, in Dean County, so I had five ads for Indeed for Dean County, and I paid a certain amount a month. And then when I um, went regionally, you know, I met with my Indeed rep and we had spoken about a new budget for me. And I said, well, let me just try something and I'll figure it out. And I'll let you know if I need to extend my budget. And what I did was, well, 
what is it going to hurt to just build a bunch of ads? And so we currently have 22 ads running for the exact same price. Um, and within each ad, if the person has sales experience and or a current real estate license or even have real estate experience, they're sent our ad. Plus the fact when people Google um, starting your real estate career, then our Indeed ad is number one for Google because it's, you know, obviously SOI driven. Um, and so it's been really, really successful. We have one person um, who manages all of those ads and maintains those ads. So then each office is billed a very small amount for their ad. And then she qualifies and sends them an email asking them to um, watch a recording. And within that recording, they're given information. And then um, the lead is sent to the team leader to follow up. And we normally have between eight to 10 active agents apply. Okay. A month. Eight to, oh, a month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you mentioned Facebook. Let's talk about that. Cause that's another one. It used to be easier because you used to be able to import like the MLS data into agent into Facebook and create a custom audience. Mm -hmm. um, this is getting a little techy, but they, they added restrictions a couple yes. years ago around real estate, employment and credit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my understanding, we haven't tried this recently, but the, my understanding is that to run a listing, you can either run it as a custom audience, which means targeting on real precise parameters like age and zip code. Um, but you can't make it seem like it's real estate or employment. So it has to be branding yep. or you can target, but then you can't, you know, like it can't be one. It has to be one or the other. If you mm -hmm. want to target, it has to be branding or you can import a list. But it, um, you know, it, it's it's a tough thing. So how do you all get around that? How do you run the ads so that like you don't get the ads blocked by those restrictions, get them through and actually yeah. get candidates. But then the people that are you want to see them actually see them. So I basically sent my ad and it's a very small budget, but I just send the ad to anyone that has real estate as a hobby. And that's been extremely helpful because obviously a real estate agent is going to put real estate as a hobby. And maybe we could get somebody to take an interview with us that is thinking of becoming an agent. And within that, um, within, within that application or contact, if they say, no, I, I don't think I can afford it, we put it in our um, lead generation uh, group and they achieve that contact for. And and what is, okay, so you're tar that's how you're targeting. What's in the content? Is it more branding? Does it mention it's more branding. Yep, it's basically branding. And what that does is when our um, recruiter calls agents, it's fun because they say, oh, yeah, I know Tia. I've seen her on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I know Tia. Yep, I've seen her on Facebook. And so you're very well known. It, it creates um, it creates brand awareness. And a lot of agents refuse to open your emails <laughs> yes. on marketing. I, right. I mean, our open rate is like, I don't know. 
Jim, yeah. I think it's like less than 20%. And, and it's even less for responses. But right. Facebook, it's wonderful because, you know, they see it so many times. And then, you know, when, when you reach out to them, they know who you are and what you represent. It's all about what your marketing is, though. And, and we've changed and pivoted several times because with real estate, it's, you know, what does a real estate agent care about and what do they want to see? Right. And so, you know, our marketing team continues to change and so they, you mentioned that they would they would remember you specifically. So is it like a video of you on Facebook? Like it's videos, it's images, it's 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 basically anybody that clicks on it, they see my name, my contact information. Right. So it's you know one all be all. And and I told the region, <laughs> I've I've told all of my managers, I'm putting myself out there. I'm the bad guy. I'm the recruiter. I'm the one that gets the telephone number like you know, uh, often and I'm on block. And <laughs> so that takes sure. the pressure off my managers because, you know, they right. are active agents. So I'm, I'm kind of the bad guy, but, and I, okay. I don't care because that's what it takes to be successful so that yep. the ones that take the interviews, then I can send that lead to, to my managers to close or convert. Sure. Tia's the closer. Um, <laughs> ABC, always be closing. Yes. Um, so um, now, okay, so you have a lead, you start a conversation. How do you get them interested in an appointment? Like, how do you how do you approach that conversation? Sure. I always do research in regards to what they've done in the past. Um, so I know their switch pattern. And boy, if they have over five years experience, I can almost tell you who they voted for within my realytics report. I mean, this is like, this is genius. You have Facebook, you have realytics, there's nothing I don't know. So when I approach them, I can tell them, you know, wow, you know, I see that you're number three in Georgetown neighborhood. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that listing. I'm so excited for your success. I just wanted to collaborate and connect with you and talk a little bit more about what your goals are for real estate. And then they tend to, you know, love the fact that I know about that. And then they always say, number three, are you sure? Like, I think we've had more sales than whatever. Like, who's number one then? And, you know, we kind of talk about, well, yeah, I feel like you should be number one. Like, what do you think it's going to take to be number one? You know, and and then I talk about my manager and, well, you know, we have this. And, and what about creating this marketing campaign for that neighborhood? What about being number one? What do you think it's going to take? And and then just going into, yeah, I see on Facebook you have you have a business page, but I don't really know you. It's all automated. Don't you, you know, wouldn't you want your personality to be in the posts? I mean, when you want to stand out, what are you passionate about? And and then it goes on from there. But it's a really great discovery. I'm looking for the pain points. I'm looking for um, what really matters to them and then what they're lacking, what what they really are driven to accomplishing. And and then that information is then handed to my manager. And so then 
is is the next step an appointment with the manager yep. and is it face to face in the office like how do you kind of stage it how do you how do you increase kind of the odds and how you plan it on like it being effective in closing them well sometimes because i talk about the manager right from the get go it's all about that manager and what that manager does different um they're pretty comfortable with then meeting with the manager at the office and then doing, you know, kind of a conversion meeting and or just a simple connection. Are we the right fit for each other? So it really depends on the level of agent. I think the newer agents or obviously the brand new agents, it's a conversion meeting, but anybody over 5 million, it's more of a connection meeting. Do we get along? Do we have a natural connection? Because, you know, that agent is walking away from marketing and, you know, worried about current sales and things like that. So it's, it's all about them having, having that meeting because I, I mean, I can't recruit for every office that I support. Um, and I definitely want that agent to have that connection um, and that relationship with, with that manager. This is the question I love asking because obviously real estate is very different because you're not hiring a W-2 salaried employee um, where if you do pay somebody's salary, you're gonna have to be much probably more careful in who you hire. But um, what if it seems like in that interview process, maybe in that appointment, they're not the best fit? for whatever reason, how do, how do you handle that? Like, um, um, you know, you, it's almost like when I was a real estate agent and I got a bad vibe from that buyer or seller, you just work your way out of that interview. You just beep, 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 you know, wow, I think you're doing excellent where you're at. I feel like, you know, you just need to work on this. And, and I think, I don't think the change is right for you right now, or maybe, maybe doing a couple interviews with a few different companies, because I feel like our platform and what we have to offer probably wouldn't honor what you're looking for. And then they, they're, you know, I always puff up their ego, but I, you know, back out of the interview, like, but I, I, I tend not to say we're not the right fit. I tend to say, I don't think we can honor what you're what you're looking for sure that's very that's very uh pc <laughs> um well yeah you can't burn a bridge because then all of a sudden you know i don't want them to think uh, you know differently about our brokerage you you really right. have to make sure that they have a good experience any interviews that you have you need to make it a positive experience well, and the manager could be, you know, working with them very soon, like on the other side of sale too. Yep. So. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, I mean, that covered most of the questions I have around kind of recruiting. Um, what did we miss? Like, what are some other kind of tips or tricks that, I don't know, tricks isn't probably a good word, right? Because there's not mm -hmm. hacks. It's just like, you got to put in the work, mm -hmm. you know, and um, what are some other things that you think are relevant around recruiting? What works? That we, mm -hmm. that we maybe didn't cover? I think, I think um, what's missing in recruiting is the honest, open conversation right from the get-go about commission and about what's different about your brokerage and getting to know your value and honoring it. Because 
I feel like a lot of people think recruiting is all about quantity, but it can't be. It has to be about quality. It has to be about enhancing your brokerage in the right way because you can hire one agent that is extremely profitable, but can take half of your office away. So having more growth opportunities and then being selective on who you recruit um, is always the best policy. And then streamlining your recruiting efforts really makes it more efficient. Having your buckets of approach for pre-licensees, newly licensed, mildly experienced, experienced, suffering, all of it, have it streamlined approach. And um, I think then it's less painful. Sure. And how do you go about explaining the, the value proposition of your brokerage? Like, how do you approach um, that conversation? Yeah. When, when, I when I go through the value prop, I always investigate what's most important to that agent so that then I beat right to the chase of what I know is important. So I tend to have two interviews with agents. So one is a discovery meeting in regards to it's all about them. I ask them everything. And then the second meeting is really all about crafting our value and how we can enhance their business career and what we can offer them. And I normally have some marketing materials to also enhance that experience, you know, because, you know, words, words are great, but marketing materials and then giving them that picture of what it's going to be like when they join our family is huge. Sure. Okay. So, just looking back, I mean, you've obvi you're obviously very experienced. You've been in real estate for you know kind of quite a while in in this space. Um, for the people that are maybe a little earlier in the journey, um, looking back at where you were when you got started, what are some things you wish you knew then that would help you get to where you are now faster? Like, what are a couple things that they should be thinking about that's going to accelerate their you know their progress on on this type of journey? Um, picking up the phone, I think it it was really hard at first because you didn't want to pick up the phone because you didn't have the answers to everything. You were scared of those tough conversations, so you avoided it. And you're like, oh my God, but what if I say the wrong thing? And what if they don't like me? And oh my God, what if I'm rejected like 10 times in a row? And you just like, you know, so you tend to avoid it, but making the calls it's pretty much everything. And um, instead of having, having that be more about candidates or leads, making it more about I made one or two connections today and I feel really good about those connections um, so that it's not so painful. But it you have to pick up the phone. You have to. In any position, if you're an office manager, if you're a director of growth, it everything is is about phone calls. That's how you lead to the most successful growth. Sure. Don't make the mistake of not picking up the phone. 
hundred percent. People love to send emails, but there's not new, too many people that are going to reply to your email and say like, Hey, that sounds yes, great. Let me join, I join your firm because you sent me one email that said, join our family. And I've had a really cool diagram and it looks yeah, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it <laughs> doesn't work that way. Uh, you got to put in the work. So, um, awesome. Tia. I mean, I think that covered my questions for today. Uh, where could our listeners find you online if they if they wanted to follow up with you? Oh my gosh, you can always call me or email me. I'm on Facebook. You can you can uh, yeah you can find me everywhere. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks to you for joining us today, and thanks for our listeners to tuning in. And we hope you'll come back next time for our next episode on how to ramp your real estate business by building up a strong talent funnel. Thanks so much, and have a great day. If you enjoyed our show, please add a rating for us on Apple or Spotify podcasts. And be sure to come back next time to hear more strategies that will help you grow your business. Until then, this is Jim Turner. And don't forget, you need to put some of these tips to work today.